Sunday to Sunday Christianity is long gone. We have to be able to know how to host his presence in our personal lives. Thank you for joining episode 80, Bryce Harper podcast, A Good Start Envisions the End Result. Uh, I have seven pillars I want to share today on just what that means to host the presence of God or host a habitation. Going away from visitation to habitation and, and, and no longer living just Sunday to Sunday. Uh, there's nothing really inherently wrong if you're at that place. You're just missing out on a whole lot. And so I'm going to share three things real quickly today about what that means for you and I uh, in our own lives practically. And, you know, it's interesting. The Hebrew calendar is the year 5784 for uh, the Hebrew word for four. And the Hebrew language, man, words, letters have deep, rich multiple meanings. Uh, the word he- in Hebrew for four is dalet. It's also the word, um, letter for door. So a lot, in a lot of Christian circles and churches and ministries, there's been this kind of message of, man, this is the year of the door. And, and I think that can be a really, really good thing if you can make some practical applications um, doors are for entering and exiting. So the first thing you need to know in, in, in this like pillar, seven pillars, I'm going to share three today. But the first pillar in, in hosting the habitation of the Lord is door. So we, and doors are for exiting and entering. So what's, what's exiting? What's entering into our lives? Let me suggest five things that need to exit out of your life this year. Uh, number one is sin. Um, anything that would separate us from God. It's got to go. I mean, no longer should we just be um, okay with housing things in our lives that that separate us from God. Uh, the second thing is a slander. Slander needs to exit our lives. Uh, what are we talking about? Who are we talking about? Why are we talking about them in such a bad and negative way? Life and death is in the power of the tongue. And a lot of times we're wondering why there's so much death in and around our lives. It's probably because we're speaking evil and slander and not speaking life. The third thing is envy. When we want what someone else has, we communicate to God that what he has done for us is not enough. And so, and if God is not enough, then nothing's enough. Um, so sin, slander, envy, these things got to go to more enmity or hate or bitterness. If we cannot forgive, we, we have been for, we have forgotten what we've been forgiven of. Um, and then the, the fifth thing is poverty. Not just financially. I mean, yeah, that too, but um, impo- an impoverished mindset, an impoverished heart state. Those are things that got to go. And what needs to enter in is peace. So, so I gave you five things that need to exit out, right? Sin, slander, envy, enmity, poverty. So what needs to enter in? Peace, right? A mind that is on Jesus is that perfect peace, Isaiah 26, 3 says. You will keep at perfect peace, all who trust in you, whose thoughts are fixed on you. And a peace that surpasses all understanding. Philippians 4, verses 5 through 8, always be full of joy in the Lord. Say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true, 
honorable, right, pure, lovely, admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. So peace, peace needs to enter in. The second thing is prosperity. And I'm not just talking about a prosperity gospel or just being rich financially. I don't think there's anything wrong with, with, with you being prosperous in your finances and your business and ministry and things like that and personally in your finances. But but when I think prosperity, I think of, uh, of abundance. I think of just being really healthy. So what needs to enter in and hosting the habitation of the Lord is is a healthy mentality, right? So there are five things for prosperity here. You need to be healthy mentally, emotionally, physically, financially, and spiritually. Um, and I don't, I'm not going to go through all those things, but you can you can look up different books and podcasts on just what it means um, to be prosperous in those areas. Uh, the third thing is potential, the gifts of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit. I'll tell you this, I think you and I need to reclaim, refine, and release the gifts and the passions the talents that God has given us. So maybe it's picking up something we've put down, refining it and releasing it um, for the Lord. Uh, the fourth thing that needs to enter in, into our lives this year is promotion. We need to be thinking growth. We need to be thinking expansion. The Bible says iron sharpens iron from faith to faith. You know, the, the parable of, you know, stewarding the talents and stewarding them well. That we would grow in the full stature and the maturation of the nature of Christ. God is a God of maturation. Um, and he wants that for humanity. The fifth thing is, is prodigals. So I'll give you five alliteration there. For you know, peace, prosperity, potential, promotion, and then prodigals. Man, that the hearts of the children would turn to their to their parents and the heart and the hearts of the parents would turn to their children. Families and churches would be restored. Um, so when you think about having a door in your life and, and, and things that need to get out by Felicia and things that need to enter in, um, also, what's the point of having a door if you don't have walls? What's the, what's the point in having things enter and exit in if you don't have structure in your life? And that structure, like walls on a house, keep out dangerous elements when it's cold and hot and rainy and stormy and hail and snow. Walls on a home help insulate and protect um, the vulnerability of our lives. I got I got a little six month in my home. I'm glad I got walls on my house. Right, we had a lot of snow come through this last month, and it's because of structure and sound doctrine that we are able to protect and preserve life. Two things you need to have in your life as far as walls: you need to have the Holy Spirit active in your life. And you need to have Holy Scripture active in your life as well. I think it's the structure of the kingdom. I think it's the structure of the church, or it should be the structure of the church. Uh, I think it's the structure of Christianity. I think it's the structure of our homes. And I think it's the structure of our hearts. These two things, Holy Spirit, Holy Scripture. If you got just a Holy Spirit and you don't have Holy Scripture, you are cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, Right? You got like dreams and visions, but you have no structure for it. You have no foundation. And if you have Holy Scripture and you have no you have no Holy Spirit, you don't have no life. There's no ruach, as the Bible would say. There's no breath. There's, there's no life. There's no freshness to it. 
you know, Jesus said, I don't live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, something fresh that should be on our lives and reading scripture. I can imagine reading scripture without the accompanying work of the Holy Spirit to breathe life on it, to highlight it, to illuminate it, to reveal, to revelate the things um, that God is wanting to say to me right now in the season that I'm in right now. Um, we know the Holy Scripture will be a guide to us, right? A, a word and a lamp and a light unto our feet, light into our path. Uh, and I love that the Holy Spirit's there. You know, hey, this is the way. Walk in it. What's the point of having a door, walls, if we don't have watchmen on the walls? What's the point in having a door and walls and structure if there, if there aren't men and women on the walls declaring the message of the Lord, living out the message of the Lord? You know, there are reports that say on October 7th, the horrible massacre, the barbaric, heinous acts from Hamas towards Israelis, not just Jews, but Israelis. Um, Arab Israelis. I mean, we, we try to make this like a Muslim Jew thing. Uh, this is a good and evil thing. Um, and that's just the facts. But reports say if because Israel is such a technological uh, powerhouse, I mean, they just lead the world in technology and, and they're savvy in, in the technology arena. And because around the border of Gaza, they, they were depending on this technology report said if there was actual physical people around that area that could have just completely thwarted the, the terrorist attack of October 7th of, of 2023. So what does that mean? Um, I think Jim really said it best. I think it's a, it can be a picture of the church, a picture of our lives. Sometimes we're way too dependent on our phones and our cameras and social media and TikTok and YouTube and Instagram, Facebook. And, and, and X, we're like, we're dependent on a lot of technology to like get us, we're, we're, we're dependent on Google to give us answers when we should be looking to God to give us answers. And if we're not careful, the enemy will come attack us where we are most vulnerable. And this is a vulnerability within the church. This is a vulnerability within you, for you and I as Christians, that we would have a true, genuine relationship with the Lord, not just with AI. And AI can be used for a lot of good and great things within the kingdom of God. And we're just beginning to see that. But there's also, there's going to have to be some real serious healthy boundaries within the kingdom of God. Whether that's a church organization or for you and I personally in our day-to-day lives. We need to be watchmen on the wall. We cannot be too dependent on technology. Even though it's amazing, we can leverage that for the glory of God. But we need to be watchmen. What does that mean? We need to be praying. We need to be saying, you know, watchmen on the walls, they were able to let people know if an enemy was coming. And they were also able to let people know when the harvest was ripe, when the crops were ripe for harvesting. You and I, as mothers and fathers and leaders in the 21st century, we don't just tell people what to do. We show them what to do. Like, I don't, I don't just, like, tell my kids to be good. I have to show them. I, I, I have to model it. I can't, just, I can't just say it. I have to be it. And, and the best way to explain anything is to model it. The best way to teach anything is to, to show it. And, and what more does a dying world need than for you and I to show what it looks like to be a Christian 
to, to, to be a follower of Christ. We need, we need to show that. We need to exemplify that. We need to show them what godly men and women look like, what they talk like, what they act like. And unfortunately, too many of us want to be a watchman on the wall for the Republican Party. We want to be a watchman on the wall for a, for the Democrat Party. We want to be a watchman on the wall for the Independent Party. We, we want to be a watchman on the wall for you name it, right? We want to be a watchman on the wall for our denomination. We want to be a watchman on the wall for our favorite team. Uh, there's a lot of things that we think, boy, I got to make this social media post because, it, if I don't make this Facebook post, the whole election, presidential election is riding on – I mean, I got to make sure to just explain this theological conundrum we're in in the Western world of Christianity. Because, man, if I don't make this post or, you know, get this podcast out there, man, everything's just hinging on me just not realizing, hey, man, there's not a whole lot of people following you on Facebook, not a whole lot of people that listen to my podcast. Um, I, I, I'm not sweating over this. Um, uh, I, I'm doing this for me. If anybody, just try to be a better communicator, and I'm and I'm hopeful and and glad that it's been a blessing to others. But um, I gotta go home and raise my kids. I gotta go home and love my wife. I got, I I gotta be good to those that are on my staff and in my church, and do my best to just exemplify Christ. And man, for way too often, man, we we are we are watchmen on walls that we're never really called by God to be watchmen on. Like some of us really, really want to be a watchman on a wall for America. And, and, and if you feel called of God to do that, that's great. You know, but I sure hope you're a watchman on the wall for your marriage. I sure hope you're a watchman on the wall for your coworkers and, and for your children and, and for your neighbor. And, and you kind of understand what I like. We just got to make sure that we, we don't got this all mixed up and that we're not just proclaiming our preference and that we're just standing on the word of God. We're doing what God has called us to do. We complain a lot about evil and this corruption. And yeah, it's everywhere, man. And leadership. In every in, in the church and in government and in business. There, there's just so much out there. But we need to be watchmen on the wall, explaining and declaring and showcasing the promises and the precepts of eternal God in heaven and of a risen Savior in Christ. But unfortunately, we believe way more in the work of the enemy. We believe way more in the actions of evil than we do in a God who is almighty and creator and sovereign. And unfortunately, we, many of us, we want to play victim. And I'm not trying to make light of anything that you and I have ever been through. Look, man, we've been through some stuff. We've been through some church hurt. We've been through some pain. There's things that people have done and said that was absolutely evil and wrong. And we can play victim <laughs> for the rest of our lives. But if you do, you believe more in, in the trauma than you believe in the treatment that comes from God. You believe more in the trauma that was done to you than you do believe in the treatment that can come from the Holy Spirit and from the Lord. And a lot of times we, we we have taken on this 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 worldly victimhood because we love the attention, we love that the spotlight's on us, we love that we have our social media and we and we can just vent about it and, and get all the response and love when we could be working that out with our Lord, with our heavenly Father, and we could be work allowing our affections to not be just a dopamine hit from social media from just our 
just from our friend group, we could be receiving just a, a download from, from the Lord on who we are uh, as his children, as his sons and daughters. We could be gaining that affection, that security from God, rather than just getting a hit of dopamine from, from likes and comments and shares. And all the while in all of this, we're showing all those around us how depraved <laughs> and divided and, and selfish we are rather than being a victor in God. Now, you can be a victim or a victor, man, but I think being a watchman on the wall means uh, I, I need to understand this. God does not forsake the righteous or leave his seed out begging for bread. And because of Christ and what he's done, my original watchman, uh, I, I am more than a conqueror because of God and because, and, and because of the, the cross of Calvary and of, because of an empty tomb and because of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit and those things being a work and alive in my life. I hope this has been good for you. I'm gonna share. I'm gonna try to share the other four points of of these pillars of how to host a habitation. I'm gonna share four of those next week, and um, I pray this has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening, and don't ever forget a good start envisions the end result.